Welcome back to the Zero Brain Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the fucking Illuminati. That's right. Those secret society jerk-offs that everybody fucking knows about to some degree. For example, you probably have heard of Bill Burr, the comedian. Guy's fucking hilarious. You might not be aware that that fucking guy, that crazy cocksucker, went on the fucking Tonight Show or the Conan O'Brien, whatever the fuck show, and starts making fun of Hillary Clinton, talking about those Illuminati eyes wide shut parties and her wearing a goddamn goat head and shit while she's getting blown in the back somewhere. Well, Dave, your own show, and you've derailed not less than 30 fucking seconds, an asshole. All right, jerk-offs, we're reading Jim Mars' book, Rule by Motherfucking Secrecy. And today, we're gonna cover the Illuminati. <laughs> right these fucking assholes without further ado let's begin although illuminati concepts can be traced back through history to the earliest sects claiming esoteric knowledge the order was first publicly identified in 1776 on may 1st of that year a day long honored by communists who some believe formed their philosophy based on the illuminati doctrine fucking surprise there. The Bavarian Illuminati was formed by Adam Weishaupt, a professor of Canaan Law at Ingolstadt University of Bavaria, Germany. One of his co-founders reportedly was William of Hesse, the employer of Mayor Rothschild. I've talked about Mayor Rothschild before. It is certainly true that the Rothschilds and German royalty were connected through Freemasonry. Rothschild biographer Niall Ferguson wrote that Mayor's son Solomon was a member of the same Masonic lodge as Mayor's bookkeeper, Seligman Geisenheimer. (laughs) Where the fuck do they get these names, dude? Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus Christ, studying to be a Jesuit priest, Weishaupt was undoubtedly angered over the 1773 banning of the order by Pope Clement XIV. While this act eventually led Weishaupt to break with the church, he remained fascinated with Jesuit theology. He also was greatly influenced by a merchant known only as Colmer, termed by author Webster the most mysterious of all the mystery men. Colmer, suspected by some researchers to be the same man called Altotus, Altotus, fucking Toto, who was admired and mentioned by the French court magician and revolutionary Cagliostro. This dude learned the esoteric knowledge of Egypt and Persia while living in the Near East for many years. Now, Colmer preached a secret doctrine based on an ancient form of Gnosticism called Mandanism, or Manichaeism. It's my fucking more words that just sound like a bunch of bullshit. They basically used the word illuminated prior to the 3rd century. Now, Colmer reportedly met Cagliostro on the island of Malta, the old Knights Templar stronghold, while on his way to France and Germany in 1770s. Cagliostro, the future French revolutionary, then became involved in Masonic activities with the famed Venetian lover Giovanni Giacomo Casanova, as well as the mysterious Count of St. Germain. Now, if you listen to the episode called The Georgia Guidestones, I had a guest on named Rob Roselli who spoke at length about the Count of St. Germain. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode, um, he has some really fucking interesting shit that he has, uh, that he thinks about or claims to know about. Um, 
the Count of St. Germain. Now, if you don't know who the fuck the Count of St. Germain is, the Count of St. Germain is this mystical figure throughout European mythology and history who seems to crop up periodically throughout history, but the weird thing is is that the guy never ages, and the timelines that he is reported to be in, uh, recorded in don't match the normal accepted timeline of a normal human being's lifetime. Basically, the guy's been around hundreds of fucking years, it seems. Moving on, back to the fucking book here, jerk off. Okay. In Germany, Colmer passed down his secrets to Weishaupt, who then spent several years determining how to consolidate all occult systems into his new illuminated order. Weishaupt's devotion to the ancient mysteries of Mesopotamia is shown by the fact that he had the Illuminati adopt the Persian calendar. Considering his deep knowledge of the Jesuits, Weishaupt may have taken the name Illuminati from a secret splinter group called the Alumbrados, enlightened or illuminated of Spain, which was created by Jesuit founder, the Spaniard Ignatius Loyola. The Alhambrados taught a form of Gnosticism, believing that the human spirit could attain direct knowledge of God and that the trappings of formal religion were unnecessary for those who found the light. It is no wonder that the Spanish Inquisition issued edicts against this group in 1568, 1574, and 1623. Uh, for all of you who don't know, the Spanish Inquisition lasted some 300 years. Weishaupt wrote that with this information, with his formation of the Illuminati, excuse me, he too incurred the implacable enmity of the Jesuits to whose intrigues he was incessantly exposed. Despite this enmity, Weishaupt created a pyramid structure of degrees for his initiates based on the Jesuit and Freemason structure, with key personnel located within only the top nine degrees. To his fellow Illuminati, Weishaupt was known by his code name Spartacus, in honor of the slave who led a, bl a bloody revolt against the Romans in 73 BC. Now, it should be noted that Spartacus failed fucking miserably. Anyway, the Illuminati... Oh, wait, I'm fucking I'm ahead of myself here, shitbird. According to a 1969 magazine article, the Illuminati originated when the Muslim sect Ismaili, a group closely connected to the venerated Knights Templar who may have brought Illuminati ideals to Europe centuries before Weishaupt. The article stated that Weishaupt studied the teachings of the leader of the infamous Muslim assassins named for their consumption of hashish and himself achieved illumination by ingesting homegrown marijuana. Now, anybody who's ever eaten weed, anybody who's ever had a fucking edible, <laughs> that shit's not off the fucking beaten path there, okay? Because I thought I was going to die. I swear to God, I took some fucking edibles the other day, and I swear I thought I saw the face of Satan, but it was just my roommate. So anyway, moving on. Um, where the fuck were we? Okay. Now, a harbinger of the 1960s, the psychedelic, the Illuminati slogan in Iwige Blumencraft means eternal flower power. The Illuminati were indoctrinated with ancient esoteric knowledge and were opposed to what they saw as the tyranny of the Catholic Church and the national governments it supported. Man is not bad, quote-unquote, Weishaupt wrote, except as he is made so by arbitrary morality. He is bad because religion, the state, and bad examples pervert him. When at last treason, excuse me, when at last reason becomes the religion of men, then will the problem be solved.
Weishaupt also evoked a philosophy which has been used with terrible results down the, through the years by Hitler and many other tyrants. Behold our secret. Remember that the end justifies the means, he wrote, and that the wise ought to take all the means to do good which the wicked take to do evil. So for the enlightened or illuminated, any means to gain their ends is acceptable, whether this mean lies, deceit, theft, murder, or war. The key to Illuminati control was secrecy. Edinburgh University professor John Robison was a mason invited to join the Illuminati in the late 18th century. After investigating the order, Robison published a book which offered his conclusions in its title, Proofs of a Conspiracy Against All the Religions and Governments of Europe Carried on in the Secret Meetings of the Freemasons, Illuminati, and Reading Societies. He quoted from Weishaupt's letters to fellow Illuminati, one 1794 work, De Nuestren Arbiten des Partikes und Philo in dem Illuminaten Orden, stated, some fucking German shit that I fucking butchered, I'm certain of it. The great strength of our order lies in its concealment. Let it never appear in any place in its own name, but always covered by another name and another occupation. Do you see that shit today? None is fitter than the three lower degrees of Freemasonry. The public is accustomed to it, expect little from it, and therefore takes little notice of it. Next to this, the form of a learned or literary society, the Thule Society, which was known to venerate and uh, uphold the, the Nazi, the Nationalist Socialist Party in, in Germany, the Hitler ruled Germany, anyway, uh, is best suited to our purpose. By establishing reading societies and subscription libraries, we may turn the public mind which way we will. In like manner, we must try to obtain an influence in all offices which have any effect either in forming or managing or even in directing the mind of man. This happens today. Weishaupt not only set out to deceive the public, but he reminded his top leaders that they should hide their true intentions from their own initiates by speaking sometimes in one way, sometimes in another, so that one's real purpose should remain impenetrable to one's inferiors. Weishaupt's followers were enlisted by the most subtle methods of deception and led on towards a goal entirely unknown to them, noted Webster. It is this that constitutes the whole difference between honest and dishonest secret societies. Unlike anarchists that seek an end to all government, Weishaupt and his Illuminati sought a world government based on their philosophy of human-centered rationalism, which is nothing but subjective ethics. It's a bunch of shit. Don't, don't let these people and their fancy words bullshit you, okay? Because that's what these assholes are good at doing. Fuck them. Bunch of cocksuckers. Anyway, where the fuck were we at? The pupils of the Illuminati are convinced that the order will rule the world. <laughs> Whatever. Every member therefore becomes a ruler, he proclaimed. Sounds like a fucking pyramid scheme. In 1777, Weishaupt blended his brand of Illuminism with Freemasonry after joining the Masonic Order's Lodge. Theodore of Good Counsel in Munich. The French revolutionary leader and Illuminati member Mirabeau noted in his memoirs, the Lodge Theodore de Bon Consul at Munich, which there were a few men with brains and hearts, resolved to graft on to their branch another secret association to which they gave the name of the Order of the Illumines. 
They modeled it on the society of the Jesuits, while proposing to themselves views diametrically opposed. It was here that the anti-clerical message of Freemasonry combined with one against established government. In this Freemason lodge, Mirabeau and the Illuminati formulated the very political agenda proposed as France's constituent assembly 12 years later. The Illuminati philosophy was further spread, although unwittingly, by the Bavarian government, which cracked down on the order in 1783. Authorities saw the Illuminati as a direct threat to the established order and outlawed the organization. This action prompted many members to flee Germany, which only spread their philosophies farther. Secret Illuminati orders sprang up in France, Italy, England, and even the new lands of America. Mason founder, father, and former president Thomas Jefferson wrote with admiration, Why Shop seems to be an enthusiastic and philanthropist. Weishaupt believes that to promote the perfection of human character was the object of Jesus Christ. Weishaupt's precepts are the love of God and love of our neighbor. Either Jefferson lacked knowledge of the inner Illuminati teachings, or, as was charged in his time, he himself was a secret member. Warnings against the Illuminati came from many quarters. Professor Robeson, utilizing the Order's own internal papers, made it perfectly clear that the organization was created for the, quote, express purpose of rooting out all the religions, of rooting out all religious establishments and overturning all the existing governments of Europe. By Weishaupt, but Weishaupt presented yet another dimension to his goal of political and religious upheaval one which may provide the basic motivation for all secret societies right up to today, the desire for power. He wrote, Do you realize sufficiently what it means to rule? To rule in a secret society? Not only over the lesser or more important of the populace, but over the best men, over men of all ranks, nations, and religions, to rule without external force, to unite them indissolubly, to breathe one spirit and soul into them, men distributed over all parts of the world? Why Shopt achieved such power himself by creating a pyramid chain of command so secure that no one knew he was the head of the Illuminati until Bavarian authorities seized the group's internal papers? In these documents, Weishaupt described his organization, quote, I have two immediately below me into whom I breathe my whole spirit, and each of these two again has two others, and so on. In this way, I can set a thousand men in motion and on fire in the simplest manner, and in this way, one must impart orders and operate on politics. In 1790, the Illuminati appeared to have disbanded, but many members had simply fled to other countries while retaining their loyalty to their group's ideals. The Bavarian government tried to alert the leaders of other nations to what they saw as the danger of the Illuminati. Officials collected Illuminati documents into a publication entitled Original Writings of the Order of the Illuminati and distributed it to the other European governments, but their warning fell on deaf ears. Webster wrote, The extravagance of the Illuminati scheme rendered it unbelievable, and the rulers of Europe refusing to take, take Illuminism seriously put it aside. 
Many researchers claim this same incredulous attitude has helped protect the descendants of the Illuminati even today. Now it was easy enough for the Illuminati to elude Bavarian authorities in the late 1780s. They simply went further underground, having successfully merged with the Continental Freemasonry earlier in that decade. Masonic historian Waite tried to distance Freemasonry from the Illuminati by writing, The connection of the Illuminati with the Euler Institution is simply that they adopted some of its degrees and pressured them into their own service. Despite Waite's attempts to make this distinction, it was recorded that Weishaupt's group had formed in an alliance earlier with the Order of Strict Observance of Freemasons in Frankfurt, Germany. This order was based on an earlier Rosicrucian group called the Order of the Gold and Rosy Cross. One prestigious member of the Order of the Strict Observance was the Hanoverian Baron Adolf Franz Frederick Ludwig von Nige. Though himself proposing reforms in masonry, once Nige discovered the strength of Weishaupt's Illuminati, he joined and took up their cause. Although Weishaupt was absent, Nige represented the Illuminati at the Masonic Convention of Wilhelmsbad and Hesse, convened on July 16, 1782 under the chairmanship of the Duke of Brunswick and attended by Masonic representatives from all over Europe, leading the Illuminati contingent under his name, Philo, Nige effected a kind of marriage between Masonic advanced degrees and those of Illuminism, wrote Waite. Now, although Nige and Weishaupt later quarreled and parted ways, the Baron proved instrumental in merging the Illuminati with the higher degrees of Freemasonry. According to Webster, Nige, who had been traveling about Germany proclaiming himself the reformer of Freemasonry, presented himself at Williamsbad armed with a full authority from Weishaupt and succeeded in enrolling a number of magistrates, savants, ecclesiastics, and ministers of state as Illuminati. Illuminism was left in possession of the field. That same year of the Williamsbad Congress, according to author Still, the headquarters of Illuminized Freemasonry was moved to Frankfurt, the stronghold of German finance, and controlled by the Rothschilds. He added, for the first time, Jews were admitted to the order. Previously, Jews had only been admitted to a division of the order called the Small and Constant Sanhedrin of Europe. Jacob Katz, in his Jews and Freemasonry in Europe, wrote that founders of the Frankfurt Lodge of Freemasonry included Frankfurt Rabbi Zevi Hirsch, Rothschild Chief Clerk Sigismund Geisenheimer, and all of Frankfurt's leading bankers, including the Rothschilds who would later fund Cecil Rhodes and his societies. Although the Order of Strict Observance officially disappeared after the Wilhelmsbad Convention, authors Lynn Picknick and Clive Prince argued that the rectified Scottish Rite accepted that there was merely this strict observance under a different name. The idea that this strict observance, which claimed lineage through the Knights Templar to the ancient mysteries, simply changed names to camouflage itself is well supported by the fact that the Wilhelmsbad chairman, the Duke of Brunswick, one of the most active and influential Freemasons of the age, quote-unquote, was himself a member of the strict observance. Additionally, according to Masonic author Waite, it would seem that we can trace to the order of strict observance practically without exception. Every important personality in connection with French Freemasonry, not to speak of Germany itself, Waite admitted that following the Wilhelmsbad Convention, strict observance was transformed into other rites and hidden grades.
with divisive issues settled and the Illuminati safely hidden away within the Freemasons, the convent of Wilhelmsbad proved a turning point for the order. Although attendees were sworn to secrecy, the Count de Varou later wrote in a biography, The conspiracy which is being woven is so well thought out that it will be impossible for the monarchy and the church to escape it. From the Frankfurt Lodge, the gigantic plan of world revolution was coming forward, he still wrote. The facts show that the Illuminati and its lower house, Masonry, was a secret society within a secret society. Why Shop's Illuminism was a public manifestation of a centuries-old struggle between organized religious dogma and humanism based on ancient esoteric knowledge, both theological and secular. Such knowledge, such knowledge required great secrecy because of the unrelenting attacks by both the church and the monarchies. But were many of the older Gnostic sects, including the Carbonari, advanced honest beliefs and values, Weishaupt had a more cynical and disruptive agenda of his own. Weishaupt knew how to take from every association, past and present, the portions he required, and to wield them all into a working system of terrible efficiency, wrote critic Webster. The disintegrating doctrines of the Gnosticism and Manichaeans of the modern philosophers and encyclopedists, the methods of the Ismailis and the Assassins, the discipline of the Jesuits and the Templars, the organization and secrecy of the Freemasons, the philosophy of Machiavelli, the mystery of the Rosicrucians. He knew, moreover, how to enlist the right elements in all existing associations as well as isolated individuals and turn them on to his purpose. Considering what this one German professor achieved in the 18th century, it is clear why recent conspiracy writers have expressed a concern over what a modern Illuminati, armed with technology and influence over the mass media, might accomplish. Many researchers today believe the Illuminati still exists, and that the goals of the order are nothing less than the abolition of all government, private property, inheritance, nationalism, the family union, and organized religion. These people are your fucking enemies, dude. This belief partially comes from the intriguing notion that the much-denounced Protocols of the Elders of Zion, used widely since its publication in 1864 to justify anti-Semitism, was actually an Illuminati document with Jewish elements added for disinformation purposes. Even though the Illuminati faded from public view, the monolithic apparatus set in motion by Weishaupt may still exist today. Still commented. Certainly the goals and methods of operation still exist. Whether the name Illuminati still exists is really irrelevant. And that's all we got about the Illuminati today, kids. Okay? So. Next week, or... More accurately, this fucking Sunday, we're going to talk about the Merovingians. And then I'm going to delve into some of the ancient crazy shit that these assholes are known for, alright? This has been an episode of the Zero Brain Podcast. This is Dave Grave, and I want to tell you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been kind of hectic with the way these releases have been out. Uh, this fucking heat wave that we're experiencing where I live is significantly fucking hampering my operation here. Um... But aside from all my problems, I want you guys to follow, like, share, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, all that shit. 
Zero Brain Podcast at whatever the fuck else. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, this is Dave Grave, Zero Brain Podcast. Thanks for fucking tuning in, and we'll see you this Sunday. Peace.